Hello and welcome to Funny Stuff, a comedy podcast about comedy. My name is Griffin and I'm joined once again, after a bit of a hiatus, by my brother, co-host, and fellow clown Holden. What is this show and how do you do it? (laughs) This week we are taking a look at the 1987 classic Mel Brooks film Spaceballs. We did not discuss who was doing hyperfixation or... uh, Oh, I figured that you just figured that I, I, I have hyperfixation. Okay. But before we get into that, Holden... What is your latest hyperfixation? Okay. I want Griffin to see, and for those of you listening, I'm setting a timer for five minutes. Okay. When this timer goes off, I have to stop talking because I could genuinely talk about this hyperfixation for several hours. So, time starts now. Okay. So, my current hyperfixation has become Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, Simply because I am joining a campaign that is being run by the friend of a friend. Okay. Um, I don't know how long I'll be in that campaign. They expect me to be in it the whole time. Um, but if I hate it, I'm not going to stay. Right. But I've been itching to play tabletop RPGs in general. And more specifically, I've been itching to play D&D for like ever. Because I haven't played D&D itself in more than a year. Honestly, close to two years, I feel like. Um, which sucks and is fucked up, and I don't like that. So, um, it's going to be like a piratey campaign, which is fun. Um, I'm not loving what I'm reading for the lore, but that's okay. I think I've been spoiled by, like, really interesting lore. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, there's just, like... And it's not even that bad. It's just, like, th- certain things are things I don't love, which is, like... In this world, um, magic is kind of frowned upon. And I think that's stupid, especially considering that no races are restricted. Like, we can play literally whatever. And, like, elves and gnomes and, like, a lot of D&D races are just, like, magic creatures. Yeah, like, they have magic. They have magic abilities. Yeah, but luckily that doesn't mean, like, any classes are being restricted, um, which is good. Uh, I talked to Evan who's kind of a friend of a friend. He's not running it. He's the one who invited me into it. He's playing. Um, We're friendly. I haven't hung out with him outside of group settings, but whatever. He's an all right guy. Um, But luckily there are no like class restrictions, like I said, which is really good because I think that's really dumb to be like, Hey, by the way, like you can only play non-magical characters i think that's really stupid so luckily that's not it's a also thing. extremely restricting for dungeons and dragons fifth edition that's yeah. like you could play like two classes barbarian and fighter and you can't use a lot of their subclasses at a certain point yeah um and rogue and rogue and that's it <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it evan the guy who introduced me to this uh group said that the whole crew we're kind of pirates, so we're doing very, like, kind of chaotic, neutral, chaotic, good kind of people, so we don't really care that, you know, magic is kind of frowned upon, so, like, everyone is playing a magic class. Like, Evan's <laughs> playing a paladin, we have two Hexblade Warlocks, and then a Soul Knife Rogue, which is, like, Psionic Rogue, yeah, which is I was, um, relatively new, I think. In, I've in, never heard of it. In that, uh, that last campaign that you DM'd, uh, Dredge was gonna when I started taking levels in Rogue. I was no, no, it wasn't. It was Soul Knife, yeah, with like ghosts Soul and knife. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you can take tokens from dead people or some shit. Yeah, I was gonna do that. It, for what I hear, it's pretty good and like pretty overpowered. 
um, which is cool. But so we have two warlocks, a paladin, and I'm playing a druid because <laughs> uh, I've never played druid before. And I think druids are can be a lot of fun. I think wild shape is like really cool. So I'm going with the subclass that lets me like wild shape into like really crazy shit. Um, like event, I think at like tenth level or something like that, I can start wild shaping into elementals, Ooh. which is really cool. And I'm playing a water genasi. For those of you who don't know uh, what a water genasi is, or a genasi in general in in fifth edition, um, they are half human, half genie. And in Dungeons and Dragons, the way genies are is genies are essentially sentient magic. So. I'm basically half magic. Um, I can't wait to play this little goober. Um, he's going to be autistic as hell. <laughs> as it should be. Well, most D&D characters are. But also, like, I, I'm just very excited to play, like, someone who, like, I was initially going to be like, oh, what what's, like, the voice going to be? And then I, like, landed on something. Um which is like very close to like Christoph Waltz in in Inglorious Bastards and in uh, Django Unchained, like that kind of like goofy happy, um, but can get serious at times. And oh, and there's that's the your timer. timer. So anyway, ah, here it is. I'm I'm very excited to play this campaign. I'm very excited to play a druid. Thank you, I Amy. am sending you a picture right now of someone's D&D character who is half orc, half fire genasi. That's rad. You need to look at it. I, it hasn't come through yet, but I will look at okay. it. Okay. Um, one more thing, just because I didn't get the full five minutes. Okay. We had some interruptions. Um, we are playing with, like, minis and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So... Sam, the DM, they sent us like their login info for uh like Night Forge or Hero something Forge. like that. Hero Forge. Uh, so I got to make it, and they have a 3D printer because why not? So they're gonna 3D print all our little minis. So I made my little guy. That's and I'm cool. really excited about that. Uh, yeah, I just haven't played D and D in forever, and I'm very excited. Holy shit, that is some very modern artwork. <laughs> I forgot that's the term. That's very cool, though. It's very cool. It is also like it's very horny. It is extremely horny. Hey, you know what? Good for that person. Anyway, how about some context? How about some context, Griff? Spaceballs is a 1987 American space opera parody film co-written, produced, and directed by Mel Brooks. It is primarily a parody of the original Star Wars trilogy, but also parodies other sci-fi films and popular franchises. Uh, the film stars Bill Pullman, John Candy, and Rick Moranis with the supporting cast, including Daphne I hope, Z- Z- Zuniga, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, hope Dick Van Patten, George Weiner, Lorraine Yarnell, and the voice of Joan Rivers, in addition to Brooks playing a dual role. Uh, you know, we could spend a lot of time talking about Mel Brooks himself. He, I love Mel Brooks. He is arguably one of the greatest comedy directors of all time. He's won shitloads of awards. He's also just a very interesting person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he fought his, in World War II. I yeah, think. he did. Yeah, he he, um, he fought in World War II, and he's he, also ninety-seven years he's old. He's also ninety-seven. Uh, he's been directing. He started directing in like the sixties, seventies. His first like major film was The Producers. Uh, he also directed History of the World Part One, produced History of the World Part Two. Young Frankenstein, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and of course, 
Blazing Saddles. And Spaceballs, of course. And Spaceballs, of course. No shit. Um, anything else that is important? Ah, yes. Uh... The film was released by MGM on June 24th, 1987. Despite initially getting mixed receptions from critics and audiences, it has since become a cult classic and is one of Brooks' most popular and well-known films. Because it's fucking funny. Because it's one of the funniest fucking movies of all time. I... So there's a line in the movie where Mel Brooks says yogurt is parting ways with Lone Star. And he says... Will I ever see you again? And Yogurt says, hopefully we'll all see each other again in Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money. (laughs) Killer joke. (laughs) Um, But I really want them to make that movie now because since 1987, we've had six Star Wars movies, several Star Wars shows, including Ahsoka, which I don't know if you've been watching. Um, I haven't. Eight Star Wars movies. Shut up. Rogue One. Rogue One counts. What did you think I was saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, and solo, and so solo. ten, so ten. No, 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 that math ain't mathin'. That math ain't mathin'. Six, six for the two for the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Uh huh. Rogue That's One, six. Rogue One, Solo. That's eight. You counted Rogue One twice. I counted Rogue One twice. So then seven, six, six. F- then Rogue One, then Solo. So eight, so eight. How is that math mathin'? I math don't know. ain't mathin'. I don't know. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math either. Thank God we have a math bitch. In because we, we'd be so done for. Anyway. Um, yeah, this movie is fucking brilliant and has been one of my favorite movies basically ever since I watched it when we were little kids. Yeah, we got introduced to this movie not too young because I don't think there's anything too terrible I mean, there was a bunch of shit that went over our heads for lots of reasons. Well, yeah, there was, like, shit that went over our heads just because, like, it came out in the 80s. It came out in the 80s. And and we watched it in the early 2000s when we were kids and we didn't know about all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Like, I thought... (laughs) I'm going to admit something a little embarrassing. Okay. Uh, So there's a scene where uh, Dot Matrix, the C-3PO parody, Mm -hmm. uh, Lone Star, the main guy, and Princess Vespa, the love interest, are, like, about to kiss... And Dot Matrix has something go off that's called her Virgin Alarm. And that led me to believe when I was up until I was about like 13, 14, Mm -hmm. that being a virgin just meant that you hadn't kissed anybody. That's, that's funny. That's, that's not even that embarrassing because like, I mean, I don't find it. I don't think it's, I mean, I am also asexual and have been for a long time and just didn't realize it back then. Well, yeah. Um, but that's not but really I, excusing I, it. That's just me being a dumb kid. Well, yeah. Also, like, just you just believe dumb shit when you're a kid. <laughs> like, you just don't know how the world works. Right, yeah. So you just believe dumb shit. But, yeah, it's it's so fucking good. It's so good. It's, it's amazing. It's, I mean, yeah, like, it's taking the piss out of Star Wars. And, like, and part of the reason we watched it so young is because we... Grew up in a Star Wars family. Oh, yeah. Our dad was big into Star Wars. We saw... We were we were going to see Episode 2 in theaters. I didn't. I was really young and for some reason didn't want to see it. No. no. We went. You and Jack were, like, being loud, obnoxious, and running around the theater. Mm-hmm. One of you shit your pants, I think? It might have been me. It might have been you because you were literally two years old when that came out. Yeah. And then we left. Uh, and then we did see episode three in theaters multiple times. I do remember seeing episode three in theaters twice. 
I saw it at least twice, maybe three times. Um, and then of course we saw the sequel trilogy. Yes, the sequel trilogy. Uh, we had a little like family tradition when they were coming out because they came out around Christmas that on New Year's Day we would all go see it together as a family. And I managed to avoid spoilers for Last Jedi all the way up until I saw it. I did not. I got to see Last Jedi technically a day early. That's pretty cool. I did see Rise of Skywalker opening night, and I recently learned that I may or may not have been in the exact same theater as my current movie manager because I was just talking about how I saw it at this one theater on opening night, and he was like, wait, really? Really? In in Howl? And I was like, yeah, in Howl. Oh, at Xscape? Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's where I saw... Which is now been closed down. <laughs> really? Yeah, it went out of business. Oh, not kidding. Um, COVID. Um, yeah, so I, I went and I saw it there, and it turns out that I may or may not have been... At the very least, I saw it at the same time as him, mm. or I could have been in the same fucking theater. <laughs> which, you know, but, that's you know, cool. It's, it's less a, a dedicated parody or satire of Star Wars than it's like... Just spoofing on the concept of a space opera and cribbing some stuff from Star Wars. Um, and I've I've kind of fallen out of Star Wars lately. I still like Star Wars. I don't love what has been done with Star Wars currently. Like, we're not going to get into it because this will be... Co- hey, welcome to Star Wars stuff, a Star Wars <laughs> podcast about Star Wars. Um, but I still do love Star Wars. It is still very formative for me i love the mandalorian i don't care if you don't like it anyone who is listening i love that show that show is fucking sick um i do have on my wall right now partially partially obscured yeah partially obscured by a uh, coat rack i have a star wars poster i also have a star wars tattoo you do you Uh, do have a star wars tattoo i have the dark saber tattooed on my arm um, which I, 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 I think is pretty rad. You know, it's it's dope as hell. I just haven't been as into Star Wars the last couple of years. And honestly, you might be able to blame Rise of Skywalker. Um, that definitely put me off Star Wars for a it while. Might also, Mandalorian brought me back in hard. It may also just be because I just interests grow and change. But the last couple yeah. of, as we said, December is Star Wars season. The last couple of Star Wars seasons, I've really had to kind of force myself to be into it. And I'm... And I just haven't. And I, I made myself read some books. But we're again, welcome to Star Wars stuff. A Star Wars podcast about um, Star Wars. Let's talk about the actual movie that we watched today. And it is pretty quintessential Mel Brooks because it is joke after joke after joke after joke. Oh, yeah. And some of them are really fucking clever and really quick. And, and if you're not paying attention, dumb you miss them. And some of them are dumb as rocks and they're just as good. Oh, yeah. Like... Like when they jam the ra- the radar, <laughs> yeah, and it's an actual can of jam. They just throw a can of jam, jam at the radar dish. That's so fucking stupid. It's so fucking it's so funny. Fucking good. Or like, I think one thing that's really clever is the the scene where they are like, "Oh, how are we gonna find out where they went?" Oh, I know. Let's check out the spaceballs video cassette. Yeah, and they're talking and, about like how the how is that a thing? And that and then when he's when they check the the. They got a thing. It's called Mister Rental, which is another running joke. Yeah, and then the the space ball is like pointing, and he's like, it's like all Mel Brooks movies on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I just think that's that's just so fucking funny. That's so cl- like, who would think to do that? Um, I said 
early on in the movie, I love the fourth wall breaks. And then Griffin said, it's a Mel Brooks movie. There is no fourth wall, which, yeah, the fourth wall doesn't exist. There was they literally movie. destroy the fourth wall <laughs> in so Blazing good. Saddles. Oh my God, you're right. They fucking do. Um, but one of the, there are a good couple of times where the characters either directly address the camera kind of offhand or make very good jokes. Like I think my favorite and the one that I've always remembered is when uh, Vespa is, is princess of the Druids and she says something about how her father is king of the Druids and Lone Star goes, great. That's just what we need. A Druish princess. And then Barf, played by the always brilliant John Candy, yeah. looks at the camera, smiles, and goes, funny, she doesn't look Druish. <laughs> I have just always remembered that. I didn't get that joke until I was a lot older, but it's very fucking funny. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, I loved this movie as a kid because it was funny. And goofy, but and now, goofy, like... But now I like it more because it's funny and goofy, but also because, like... I see a lot more jokes. Like, there's a lot more I noticed on this viewing than I have yeah, me too. Uh, in the past. It's been I a good couple the... of years since I last watched this movie, and I notice a lot. I think I watched this movie a couple months ago, to be completely honest <laughs> with you. I think the most recent Mel Brooks movie I watched was Blazing Saddles, and I think even that was a good couple of years ago. I did get to see Blazing Saddles on the big screen because of uh, Flashback Cinema, which is really, really cool. Uh, Spaceballs is also happening. I genuinely, I might go and see it on Wednesday. You should. Um, why not? Right. I have the day off. I deserve to see a good movie, but yeah, it's, it's so, it's just so good. It really is a fucking phenomenal movie. It's, I know I said it already. It's one of the funniest fucking movies of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank God we're finally covering a movie that I have not basically nothing but good things to say about. Yeah, this is movie three. This is movie three. We didn't do a movie. This while is I the first. Yeah, we didn't do a movie while you were gone. Uh, so there wasn't a movie in August. Um, but, you know, the last two movies I had mixed feelings on at best because they weren't good movies. They were enjoyable. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Three months later, after we watched The Love Guru, anytime I have to take a crap, you I always still think, say, beat it, I gotta take, take a dump. Because yeah. I think it's that fucking funny. <laughs> and we finally have a non-Will Ferrell or a non- <laughs> Mike Myers. Like, we... I was worried that we were gonna get into that, like, into that, like, pattern of, like, only Will Ferrell and only... Because we're gonna cover Step Brothers, we're gonna cover fucking Austin Powers... But honestly, also, we're going to cover Blazing Saddles. Absolutely, we're covering fucking Blazing Saddles. We might cover History of the World. I don't see why we wouldn't. That's just like, we haven't thought that far ahead for uh, movies. We're going to decide what the next movie is. I already know what the next movie is because it was going to be our third movie for August, but then I took my hiatus. Uh, It's going to be The Nice Guys, which is not... Will Ferrell is not in it. Mike Myers, as far as I know, has nothing to do with it. And Mel Brooks, also as far as I know, has nothing to do with it. Neither of those two are in it either. And it's got Ryan Gosling. Well, yeah. Who has become one of my favorite actors. I mean, I I was saying that... Not to get too off topic again, but... As I was saying with Milo, like, he was putting in the performance of his fucking career in Barbie. You know what's really... He was so fucking good in Barbie. Okay, so... Ryan Gosling is a really good character actor. Yeah. And I think he is kind of like Brad Pitt, where like a lot of Brad Pitt's early career, because Brad Pitt is so handsome and Ryan Gosling is so handsome, um, that they're just really good like romantic leads. Mm -hmm. But he truly does. Like I have watched in the past 
couple of days, in the past like couple of weeks, honestly, um, three movies that Ryan Gosling has been in. And in each movie, he is so wildly different, but he melts into that character so well. So I saw him in Barbie as Ken. And, and, is, that, and that perform- broke his Honestly, brain. yes. Performance of a lifetime. Performance of a lifetime. Broke his brain completely. Yes. Um, but I also watched uh, La La Land last night and The Big Short, which he is in both of those movies. Um, La La Land, I, I won't talk too much about it because, again, it's another thing I could talk for literally hours about. Um, that is the second movie from Damien Chazelle, who is my favorite director. He did Whiplash, Babylon, First Man, and La La Land. Those are his like his main movies right now. Um, Quintology. Yeah. Um, Quadrology. Whatever. I haven't seen First Man yet, but I'm sure I'm going to love it because, honestly, right now, my top five movies of all time, which I don't have the exact like thing, but three of them are Damien Chazelle movies, and it's it's Whiplash, which I know is my favorite movie of all time. Babylon and La La Land are somewhere in that in that top five as well, which, and Ryan Gosling is really fucking good, dude. Ryan Gosling's a great fucking actor. He's not in this movie. Let's stop talking about him. <laughs> so speaking of acting, fucking incredible performances all around. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, this is a very, like, Rick Moranis is absolutely iconic as dark helmet because he's giving in a he's giving a very non rick moranis character yeah in a lot of ways yeah you know he's still small and dorky but he's much more aggressive and angry <laughs> than he than he he's is in, like most dick. of his movies yeah he's a complete dickhead unlike most of his movies where he's like a sweet nerdy kind of guy yeah you know i think of him in like ghostbusters or little in shop little shop those are like the, and like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And Honey, right? I Shrunk the Kids, where he's just, you know, nice, sweet, bumbling, dorky guy. Mm-hmm. And now he's a much more angry, aggressive, bumbling, mean, dorky guy. <laughs> kind of bumbling, but really just a complete jackass. I do love the joke of taking, because like, I don't know, Darth Vader is really a good villain. Mm-hmm. He's, he really is. He's big he's, and scary. He's scary. And he has an iconic he's, voice. And yeah. He's powerful and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And like the design of like, the helmet like the actual like structure i think it looks fucking great like it's super the darth super, vader helmet or the, yeah, dar- or the, the darth, darth vader helmet. helmet the darth vader helmet is really fucking like iconic of course but also like i think it's just good design is part of why it has become so iconic um but taking this six foot three <laughs> deep voiced by james earl jones scary tyrant man and turning him into Rick Moranis with a big goofy helmet <laughs> who acts like a little kid at times. Like yeah. There, he like throws a tantrum at one point. He plays with dolls. He's constantly throwing tantrums. Oh, actually. yeah. I mean like a stomping tantrum where he like jumps yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down. Fucking brilliant to take a big scary leader that puts the fear. Like everyone who works under him is still afraid. But like they're more afraid for their their cock and balls than they are for <laughs> than they are for their uh for their life where like vader will like i don't vader know will just murder you yeah he'll choke he choked someone out over a fucking zoom call in in i think it was episode four um but yeah and john candy is john candy is john phenomenal. candy is always fucking funny john candy also a great fucking character actor like one of the best one of the all-time best um and yeah, it's just the cast is just everybody's knocking it out of the park. They're just giving such good performances. 
and I have to make sure I know his name because I don't want to say the wrong name. And Bill Pullman, who was also the president in Independence Day, lest we forget. Was he really? He was really the president in Independence Day. That's really funny. Um, He's just, he's also really good. He's much more the straight man mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, in the film but like he also gets a bunch of really fucking good lines and he gets to be he also gets to be a sarcastic dickhead um he's Han Solo turned up to 11 yeah less charm more sarcasm (laughs) just as good yeah um (laughs) we talk about how charming uh Han Solo is Han Solo is also a fucking neurotic mess oh yeah uh anyway but yeah this is just it's just uh, I know we haven't spent too much time actually talking about the movie, but like, I mean, it's what is there to movie. say other than watch it? It's so fucking funny. Pretty much all of the jokes land. I mean, yeah, there was some shit that we aren't going to get because it was made in 1987 and I was not born for another nine years and you were not born for another 23, 13. I was about to say that math ain't math. And again, not a math person. Um, but like, if you haven't seen this movie, dude, watch it. Fucking watch it. Especially it's if so you're a good. Star Wars fan. Yeah. Or really a sci-fi fan in general because yeah. they make fun. Of, they they have a fucking scene at the end of the movie where Barf and Lone Star go to a diner and John Hurt is there and they reenact the scene where the xenomorph bursts out of his chest and he just goes, oh no, not again. Yeah. And dies. Yeah. It's that kind of... I feel like that actually kind of sums up the entire movie. This... Yeah. This really... It's a reference, yes. But it's also a really, really well done joke. And then, of course, the the alien that pops out of him starts doing a kick line and fucking singing, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Um, so that, that, I, th- I think that entire so sequence, it, it's really elaborately constructed jokes. Mm-hmm. And also ridiculous, goofy bullshit, and it's all fucking hysterical. Yeah, and put that all together with like a like a wink to the camera, and <laughs> you have a fucking Mel Brooks movie. You yeah. have goofy, smart, wink to the camera. That's Mel Brooks, baby. I think that's a good note to uh, move on to the back half of this episode. Sure. So let's take a quick break and be right back with whatever the fuck we do, because it's been like two months since we've done a movie. Yeah, ads. Here's ads. And then I said, I can believe it's not butter. (laughs) My friend was telling me that he wanted to make a podcast and he can't figure it out. Like he's never heard of Anchor. Anchor is the best way to start a podcast. It's free to use and provides recording and editing tools you can use straight from your smartphone or computer. When you upload to Anchor, they distribute your podcast to many platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And, with no minimum listenership, you can make money on your own podcast. Make your own podcast with the free Anchor app or by going to anchor.fm today. And we are back. Boss makes a boatload, I make a smidge. That's why I jerk off in the walk-in fridge. (laughs) And then someone tagged it, the bear. (laughs) Why would you jerk off in the walk-in? I don't know, it's funny. Take that shit to the bathroom, walk-in is cold. (laughs) So, Holden, what was your favorite part of this movie? 
Oh, dude. Uh, I really liked the part from the beginning all the way to the very end of it. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part. That's, you know what? That's entirely fair. I like, that's a really, t- I loved this whole movie. Like, I can agree, but like, if you had to pick one scene, not that I can agree, I wholeheartedly agree, but if you had to pick one scene. Or, or one or one line, one joke. Honestly, the one that sticks out in my brain right now is when they go to rescue uh, Princess Vespa. <laughs> and they land. There's a lot in that scene. So I'm going to say that whole scene. But when they land, the two guards are like, hey, can't you read the sign? No parking. And the sign says no parking 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. <laughs> Which is just excessive. Um, and then John Candy coming out, giving them the finger and doing the like the kissy noises. Yeah, I think that's really fucking funny. <laughs> and then them going like, all right, you're under arrest for illegal parking. Also, all those space balls who are like the stormtroopers, they have butt pads. Yeah, they have little ass pads. One for each cheek. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, I don't know if it, I, one of my favorite parts is... Uh, what's it called? When is like kind of the climactic sequence when the the they hit the self destruct and they blow up the the spaceball ship. Uh huh. Um, but my my favorite line because that entire sequence is just a great farce. Um, and my but my favorite part is when the loudspeaker goes this is your last chance to can to press the cancellation button and then mel brooks rick moranis and colonel sanders all take a tumble downstairs they open it and they go out of order fuck even in the future nothing works <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant use of it's of a brilliant a use of fuck. A fuck also back then there was no pg-13 so PG movies were allowed to have one fuck, kind of like how PG thirteen movies now are allowed to have like one to two fucks. Um, so I think that's really funny that they used their one fuck at the very end. <laughs> it's very good. Also, uh, I timed it because mm-hmm. she said the loudspeaker says something about um, exactly. We have minutes. exactly three minutes, and I was a couple seconds late, so. It took from when I started filming or when I started timing to when it blew up was three minutes and 14 seconds. So do you think you were maybe 14 seconds late? No, I was not. Maybe I was. I don't think I was that late, but it was close to three minutes at the very least. It's close enough to three minutes, which is I just had and I wasn't trying to like get a gotcha. I just I just wanted to know for curiosity's sake. So Holden, so Griffith, out of 10 excellent uses of the single fuck in a movie, <laughs> what would you rate this movie? Uh, oh, geez. I'd honestly give it a 10 out of 10. Really? Yeah. I think it's a perfect movie. You think it's it's up there with like Pee-wee's Big Adventure and another movie that escapes me that you consider a perfect movie? <laughs> Yeah, um, I do. I consider it a perfect movie. Um, 
which like perfect movie for me, like it doesn't have to be like some groundbreaking like piece of, of cinema. It just has to know exactly what it is and it needs to like get to itself. Does that make sense? Probably not. Kind of. Um, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure knows exactly what that, like that movie knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Where, and this movie knows exactly what it is as yeah, well. It's, I'd honestly also probably considered Blazing Saddles like a close to perfect movie. This is, it's, it's really just classic Mel Brooks. I think I kind of have to agree and also give it a 10 out of 10 just because this is a movie that I can and will watch over and over again for the rest of my life and I'll still enjoy it mm-hmm. every single time. Oh, yeah. It's just so fucking good. It is genuinely like Star Wars where... It's Star Wars if it didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. It's, it's Star Wars done by Mel Brooks. Pretty much. And it's... It's fucking wonderful. It's truly wonderful. It is a fucking wonderful movie. It's so good. Love that movie. So, that brings us to the end of talking about the movie. But before we go, Holden, what funny this week? <sighs> uh, you know, a lot. A lot is funny this week. <laughs> um, You know, I haven't had a whole lot of funny stuff happening to me while I was away from the show. Um, it was mostly work, mostly like crazy stuff, like whack ass interactions with people at work. Um, but I, I'll, it's not a very long story. It's not even a story, but, uh, there, there's a house I I deliver pizzas now as well as working at the movie theater. Um, and there was a house that had a bench in front of it, like right in front of the front door next to the front door and on it there was a uh, a thing <laughs> this thing was a skeleton just a like a human-sized skeleton okay wearing a pink tank top that looked <laughs> like it was cropped because it like showed off like the bottom of the rib cage <laughs> and the skeleton had its hand up and like doing the like <laughs> the the is the he gang. is he you know kind of thing and it had its like mouth open so it looked very like excited. Uh huh. I just thought that was funny. No, that's very good. Uh, reminds me very much of the classic Brian David Gilbert Vine. It's Paul. The world will be reduced to ash. Yeah, I forget that that's Brian. That's David Brian Gilbert. David Gilbert that does that Vine. That's really funny. That's probably my second favorite Vine. Number one is shouldn't more than one cheese it be called cheese them? <laughs> Hand comes out. Hand from comes the out. And he starts smacking. Smack. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of yet another episode. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, great thoughts, personal epiphanies, requests, or recommendations, feel free to reach out to us at funnystuff.pod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at funny.stuff.pod. Holden, where can they find you? You can find me, as always, on Twitter at DonutDaddy, Donut underscore Daddy. Um, And next week we will be back with Trevor Noah, I Wish You Would, which is available on Netflix. Once again, thank you so, so, so much for listening, and we will see you next time on The Clown Show. Bye-bye.